Welcome to a very special episode of The Pink Isle. As always, my name is Henry Kathman, and joining me is Emma Corey. You say that as if every episode of this show isn't a very special episode, because this is a very well, special podcast. It is a very special podcast, but the reason why I'm uh, very excited about this is because this is probably going to be our quickest turnaround in terms of recording an episode to publishing it, because today... We're doing it. We are watching. We are savoring the latest and greatest little morsel provided by the lady herself, Barbie, in the 2020 new release, Barbie Princess Adventures. What? It's got to get the number one uh, award for most generic Barbie title we've seen yet. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah, there. I mean, I feel like most of these movies could be considered a princess adventure. True, true. Uh, I think the reason why it's called this, though, is because this is a Netflix special for the Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures television show. Which we have not watched yet as of recording. No. But listener, as you are listening to this, we have watched every single Barbie movie that has been released post Nutcracker. I'm going to try and uh, spare some of my thoughts on like some of the more uh, recent ones in this episode, just so that whenever we do release those episodes, you aren't spoiled because we have a nice little back catalog. Emma, when we're recording this, the last episode we released was Starlight Adventure. Oh, yes. Barbie in Space, my favorite one. I can't tell if you're being ironic because... I mean, I enjoyed that one, really. Yeah, I enjoyed that one, too. It had missed potential, but yeah, I think uh, it's, it's interesting. So with this movie, as I said, this has only just now come out. It premiered earlier this September one we've been kind of hyping up for a while. Emma, based on, like, if you had to make a guess about the Dreamhouse Adventures series, like, what type of tone do you think this movie's going to be going for? Uh, I assume it'll be about Barbie and her wacky friends, and they say a lot of topical things about being a person in the social media age, and, uh, the princess aspect is, like, a kind of like a British royal family thing, so it's kind of like, a those, like, Netflix movies that are, like, mm-hmm. the Christmas prince but uh, yes. it'll be Barbie, and it'll just be mostly okay, is my prediction. This one is a musical, too, right? It is a musical. So, But before we get to like more of the cast and crew and those songs, uh, given the fact that Dreamhouse Adventures runs concurrently and shares a lot of the same voice cast as the Barbie vlogs, uh, which we also need to get to at some point, there's going to be some intersection between some of the different stuff that they got with this. But Emma, are you 
let me just go through some of the cast and crew of this. So, all right, I'm ready. Returning as a director for, he worked only in the animation department, but he is a veteran at Mainframe and uh, has been. Oh, and he also directed uh, Spy Squad, Puppy Chase, Video Game Hero, Dolphin Magic. It is Conrad Helton returning. As a writer, this is our first time meeting Anne Austin. Uh, now, Anne is another, like many of the writers for these different Barbie programs, a veteran of the uh, children's entertainment world. She worked on a couple of series of Power Rangers, did that one RoboCop cartoon from the 90s. Oh, God. RoboCop, you know that family-friendly uh, 80s film, Good for Children? Yeah, yeah, but in more recent years, uh, she's shifted from being a writer on uh, that new reboot show, as well as uh, the Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures. So, considering that Dreamhouse Adventures... A reboot of what? Reboot. Oh, screw you. <laughs> screw you. <laughs> Can't believe you've done this. All right, so I feel like listener we are at a disadvantage because we do not have much familiarity with these uh specific characters from the barbie uh dreamhouse adventures tv show where we might be a little bit out of our knowledge with this one but we'll see uh but in terms of the voice cast we do have some uh veterans returning uh erica lindbeck is back but not as barbie Erica is voicing a character named Amelia, uh, one of Barbie's friends. The newest voice of Barbie for the Dreamhouse Adventures series, as well as the Barbie Vlogger series. It's a young uh, actress by the name of America Young. So she's young and American. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was born in 84, so I guess older than us. But yeah. I know. Yeah, but she's also been like, Working consistently as a voice actress and even in a couple of like live action roles. But some of her uh, earliest credits included Archie Weird Mysteries cartoon. Isn't that just Riverdale? No, before Riverdale, there was a 2D animated Scooby-Doo ripoff, but with Archie. Then in 2015, uh, she took over the Barbie vlogger series and then... She's been working consistently with that ever since. Oh, and she's going to voice Batgirl in that upcoming Batman video game that's... There's another upcoming Batman video game? It's called Gotham Knights. You don't need to worry about it. So seeing that this is going to be our most recent Barbie movie, Emma, we've seen all the Barbie movies and you already have like a... Even if you don't have a definitive tier list in your head, you have a pretty good idea of what makes a good Barbie movie in your head, right? Yes, I have a very sophisticated Barbie movie palette. I know the subtleties, the little quirks you watch out for in each one. I think then uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what this offers us. Yeah, because I do wonder what made them have another movie, because this is like four years after the last one was released, after after they were consistently getting released, like sometimes two every year since. I I imagine that because uh, as Barbie shifted to more online-based entertainment with the Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures series that has been consistently streaming on Netflix since 2015, as well as the Barbie Vlogger series on her YouTube channel, 
I suspect this might be Mattel's attempt to try and rope in like people who are nostalgic for Barbie movies into actually watching the TV show. But that's just my guesstimate. I mean, it could be, but like, where is this like even advertised though? Um, it's been advertised in like uh, the toy magazines and the uh, if if you're a younger kid, like they've been advertising this on on like YouTube and stuff. But other than that, like I I don't know. Entertainment geared towards children is one of those worlds that's very hard to like get attuned to unless you're a parent or unless you actively seek it out because it's so easy to avoid, right? I suspect that Netflix was like, hey, mainframe, Mattel, can you do a movie here? We need something for our fall lineup. And they're like, sure. Yeah, well, you know, either way, I'm excited to go back to a Barbie film. I miss her. It's been, well, it hasn't really been a while, but you know. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this team transitions back from this TV storyline stuff to back to like a self-contained movie. But I think with all that said, it's time for us to make like the title song and try it on. It's the horse from the Barbie Princess Adventure movie. She lights up and prances her hooves. And she plays music. Barbie Prince and Shimmer Set, Princess Adventure movie, not yet rated. You can beat anything. And we're back. So... Well, I Emma? can't believe they made Princess and the Popper a third time. Yep. With some uh, rock and royals vibes in there. It's got rock and royals with a little bit of like the Princess Charm School aesthetics, but thankfully with only a smaller amount of troublesome implications, i.e. their the politics of this fictional country. Yeah, still definitely a sort of a, this whole country's government is now determined on the monarchy of like a teenage girl. Yep. (laughs) You know, you are not wrong. I forgot to mention. So this was a movie, as we mentioned, was a musical. Was that what you were expecting music wise from this? I mean, pretty much. It kind of has this sort of kind of musical style that most of the contemporary barbie musical movies have yeah you are not wrong uh interestingly enough the reason why i wanted to bring this up is because so the people that worked on this i feel like they deserve to be mentioned with this special uh thing so we have matthew tischler as a music producer. This guy has been working with the Walt Disney Company, basically making all of the Disney Channel songs for a good while. And he was collaborating with Andrew Underberg, who also, his only two credits are for something called Teen Kaylee, which is like a, a teen sitcom. I think it's on Nickelodeon. I'm not gonna even check though. And something called Middle School Moguls, which is an an a two D animated series about ch- girls learning how to become entrepreneurs. So, got that hashtag girl boss energy. Oh god! And that is on Nickelodeon. So, 
it always is kind of a weird window looking into like what is showing like child sitcom wise on like the Nickelodeon and the Disney channel nowadays. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched an episode of Bizarre Vark. No, I haven't watched it, but I... I do occasionally see like stuff from this random show that's on Disney channel where it's like, this girl has to babysit these like alien kids, but like their alien forms are like boobahs and their dad looks like Doctor Who. <laughs> and, and I think about it sometimes. Really? <laughs> I can't say I blame you, but Emma, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's definitely like, I feel like I kind of need more of the context from the TV show, but then again, it's like, oh yeah, even all Barbie's friends characters they bring on, like they don't really do a lot with them. So it's like, you don't really need to know their whole backstory or whatever. No, but you know, you know what? I thought it was decent for what it is. Even if what it is, is just similar things that we've seen in previous Barbie movies over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is listener. Uh, I mean, honestly, because we're going to be releasing this so close to the release, we can kind of treat this as like a contemporary review of what this uh, movie's about. And yeah, I guess spoilers. If you don't, if you don't want to be spoiled for what happens in Barbie princess adventure, uh, but honestly, I'm going to just, I guess I would recommend it if you liked, I feel like if you're, if you were waiting for like Barbie to get back to the classic Barbie formula scene and like her quote unquote golden age, uh, you're probably not going to enjoy this one. Yeah, this feels very much, despite like it being a few years since the last like Barbie film, this very much feels like tonally in line with pretty much yeah all the other like contemporary barbie films oh yeah though, oh yes indeed though it does it does try to have like kind of like themes and some substance to it more than something like your barbie video game hero but you know oh yeah so i i gotta say that alone makes this thing kind of heads and shoulders above some of the other ones that we've watched for this podcast so yeah but i guess from here on out uh spoilers if that's a thing you care about but yes this is a continuation of the uh previous uh barbie series barbie dreamhouse adventures and yeah it's it's kind of hard to tell like yeah what is going on with this but like I mean, I'll say this about Dreamhouse Adventures. Dreamhouse Adventures seemed to, like... It was released in 2018 um, with... in Which was meant to, like, correspond with the release of the new Barbie dolls. Like, the ones that were designed to be more diverse in their... Uh, in their appearance, their body types, and the clothing selection that they had. And, uh... Yeah, I guess each of the characters kind of reflect that. Um, yeah, it still very much is like a like kind of conventionally attractive form of like 
body diversity, diversity. where it's like yeah. you see we gave a bar we have a Barbie that has curves, but you know, she's still She still has like pink hair. And, and like, she's know, she really wouldn't be considered like actually fat or anything like that. But no, you know, no, we gave would... an effort. Yeah, I, uh, I will say she definitely struck me as uh, where we are referring to, of course, uh, Barbie's friend Daisy pink hair. Like she seems like she isn't fully out of the closet yet, uh, but she's she's got that bi energy oh yeah i mean yeah pretty much most i iterations of barbie got some like bi energy yeah definitely uh but yeah so like barbie's so guess, like yeah. whole posse the boys included definitely come off as like you know, how back in high school, like, the gay theater kids would, like, merge together even before they necessarily knew they were the gay kids, you know? Oh my god, you're not wrong. This is These are just the theater kids. Yeah. Oh my god. And instantly, everything in this movie makes so much more sense. Oh god. Oh my god. So, yeah. Honestly, and speaking of the gay theater kids, this does give the most high school musical vibes. In yeah. terms of like, yeah, so it's definitely got, like a ch it's still like a child's idea of high school where like they can do more grown up yeah. stuff, but everyone still has like pink glittery outfits all the time. Yep, and, and they dance oh like uh like awkward middle schoolers, <laughs> you know. Yep, and even the princesses wear like just satin uh. Not satin, like it's like a mesh dress with like a silvery material plastered over. Yeah, the Just royalty like the in this uh, country get all their uh, their uh, shopping done at Forever Twenty One. Yeah, so so yeah, we might as well get into the plot of this. So the movie starts with uh, the princess uh, of this kingdom called uh, Floravia. Her name is Princess Amelia. Not to Amelia. be confused with like your Genovia or any other generic Ovia yeah. countries you find in these uh, fake royalty stories. Yeah, except this one is a small country in the Mediterranean, so they're in the ocean, and they got goats. And we'll get to the goats, but there are goats. Uh, yeah, so there's Princess Amelia. She's the one voiced by Erica Lindbeck, which... I, I liked how they had, like, the old Barbie voice meet the new Barbie voice. Now all they need to do is they need to, like, make one of these movies but have, like, three main characters so we can get, like, Kelly Sheridan back yes, in there. Get it'll Kelly be like those, back like, in the mix. It'll be like those Doctor Who crossover movies, you know? <laughs> like, they'd all have oh banter. God, yeah. Like, Kelly Sheridan could be, like, she could be, like, more of a classic, like, fantasy Barbie Oh and my now god. They can, like, do some meta commentary. I mm -hmm. I love it. Honestly, we could we could just remake Barbie in the secret door but make it like enjoyable and not jarring on the eyes. Oh yeah. And just like we can make it so that Barbie it could be we could call it like Barbie's storybook adventure or something where Barbie gets sucked into a book and she meets two different princesses from like different eras. You got a modern princess and a fantasy princess. 
and they both disagree with each other. But by learning from each other, they learned that there's benefits with old and new. Bam! There's your screenplay, Mattel. Set you can send over the money to patreon.com slash Henry Please, Mattel, hire us. We got some good ideas. We got so many good ideas. So so yeah, we got Princess Amelia. Her whole thing is that she's all put upon because she's constantly being like monitored and people don't respect her decision making, which I mean for considering that there doesn't seem to be a parliament or anything like that that seems like a pretty bad move long term planning wise but okay uh but she has this royal advisor named alfonso who t- who keeps on telling her that she's not ready to make her own decisions also so, uh, princess uh, amelia's parents are disappeared so we can only assume that they were uh decapitated in a coup so oh no doubt no doubt so yeah, but she's showing off with her horse and then it starts raining and people start flocking to her and she's holding out her arms, embracing the rain because she's a free spirit. Her horse yeah. also has a glittery pink hooves and like and a glow up like oh, accessories yeah. on her mane. Not sure I, if okay. that's uh if these are accessories or the horse was just born that way. Hard to say, although I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Alfonso, the voice actor uh, for that royal advisor. What did you think of Alfonso? I was surprised he wasn't a villain because he's the kind of character that would easily be a villain. And like, yeah, yeah, that was exactly what I was expecting as well. Like he he has those ominous villainous vibes, but no, they. Like, I guess, credit to this movie, they do take some of the expected tropes that you would see in these different types of stories. And, but they, uh, yeah, no, they, uh, they surprised us. They ended Mm -hmm. up, uh, having some, like, pretty, uh, this, the plot line, it's far from original, but it is different from some of the stuff that we've seen so far. But anyway, I bring up Alfonso because he, uh, He's actually voiced by Dave Finoy, who is a very, very accomplished voice actor. Like, he's one of those character voice actors who you kind of hear his deep voice and you kind of recognize, oh, it's that guy. Like, he's been, like, you look at any video game or direct-to-video thing, like, he's, he is in there. Yeah, he did He's sound been... familiar, but I'm not sure where I've heard him before. Uh, well, his most prominent voice acting role was Lee Everett in the Walking Dead video game. Never played that, so... So, the Telltale Walking Dead video game. But also... He's been in everything from Bayonetta, World of Warcraft, Grand Theft Auto... Like, he... Like, all the respect to this guy, because he's... You put in the work. Anyway, then, after being introduced to Princess Amelia, we are then introduced to Barbie, who, Barbie is still with her sisters, uh, Kelly, Stacy, and Skipper, except they barely play a role in this story. And the puppies are still around. And all four puppies are there. 
Yep. Oh, joys. Also, Barbie has parents in this one that they actually show on screen, so. Yeah, and, uh, like, the mom and dad actually do play, like, a decently large role in the TV show, so there's that. As per usual, uh, Barbie is bougie as all heck, although less, she's not full-on dream house in this, but she is definitely up there. This is more, uh, relatable Barbie. Hashtag relatable, indeed. As we mentioned in the introduction, this movie ties in a bit with the Barbie Vlogger series, because again, same voice actress, but also a big crux of this movie's conflict is Barbie's vlog. She's having a hard time figuring out what she wants to make a vlog about, but uh, her... her sister Skipper and Stacy are like, ah... A pirate can't be a princess as well. And then Barbie's like, oh, why not? You should be able to be who you want to be. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. And you can buy all her accessories at Target. Oh, yeah, I got it. And this is honestly a very good lead into the very first song and probably the most prominent song, Try It On. Which... I mean, if I feel like this is a very good embodiment of like modern Barbie and like the sort of vibe they want to go for. Yeah, it's very much like be yourself, go on and go get them, queen. Hashtag girl boss. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, except I mean, I'll I will say this, it is I mean, obviously we're going to assume every decision Mattel makes is going to be the most cynical possible decision, but I will give them credit with this. Like, and, and this sort of extends into my modern thoughts about like Barbie as a current property today, but uh, something that you might've noticed if you pay attention to what the current doll line does is that they specifically focus on the career stuff that Barbie does and focus on all the different type of diverse careers that she can have. Like, it, it's kind of a joke, inside joke, about how, like, Barbie, you were an astronaut, or you ran for president twice, but they still had, like, a... This song, like, kind of just shows, like, on one hand, there is something inspirational about being, like, yeah, you can try... You can do what you want to be. Tr do whatever career you want to suit suits you for. But there's also that edge where it's, like, oh... But, hey, girls, you want to show that you want to do this career? Be sure to buy all of these different jobs that Barbie can have and have her have these accessories, you know? Yeah, it's the forever uh, the forever contradiction of the capitalist mm. model as it tries to, uh, quote-unquote, empower people, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, my feelings about, like, I guess, woke marketing is that it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where I kind of go back and forth depending on who does it. But anyway, this song, did you have any thoughts about this song? I mean, not really. I feel like this one was honestly kind of my least favorite of the songs. Really? So, just the way it sounded, I don't know. I guess, like, 
maybe I just feel like so oversaturated with generic, like, you can do anything kind of message songs, you know? Oh, I mean, that's basically literally every single song in this movie. Yeah. With the exception but of But I feel like, like the other two. songs sound nicer, though. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But this vlog they shoot, I don't know why they call it a vlog, because it's clearly a fully edited music video that you may used like a green screen to do. Uh, yeah, Barbie is a YouTuber in this one. Yep. And her thing gets like her like her video is so viral. She got has 2000 whole subscribers. Oh god. It is always funny when these like kind of movies try to like uh replicate what like how popularity on like sites like youtube works yeah uh, although i will say they are they do seem to be going with the angle that like barbie is like a small time just starting off vlogger who's like trying to like integrate like be more noticed because right off the bat she gets scooped up by freaking maker studios trying to be like hey barbie have you considered be joining an mcn Oh, we can give you a lot of exposure on Channel Awesome. Oh, no. You just got to be sure to appear in the anniversary oh, God. videos. It's, it's uh, <laughs> Doug Walker's the villain all over yeah. again. <laughs> Except it's uh, gender flipped Doug Walker, who is basically this influencer lady named Rose something who's basically trying to get her to sign on to Maker's Studios so that she can, like, basically put Barbie on her channel, which that's not how that works. I mean, I guess if you want to put her on, like, it might... What's that one grift thing that Logan Paul and his brother are doing? Oh, yeah. It's, like, called, like, Team Team 10 or something. Something like... Yeah, yeah. This is basically... They're the villains, which, you know what? I guess credit to Barbie if you're going to ha have like a social media focused uh, thing. Not a bad villain to pick. Yeah. This whole movie is Barbie's a quest to not become a Paul brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Nah, she she's going to become an influencer in the right way. So. But yeah. Uh, and... Her try it on video is so popular that the Princess Amelia watches it and she notices that they're very similar. And then suddenly the next day at Barbie's school, there is a week long Malibu uh, cultural exchange with the small country of Florivia. Where uh, everyone in Barbie's friend group it gets to go. Including, yes. Uh, and including, not uh, oh. the. There's also a meta joke because they have who I assume is the Raquel equivalent. I think so. Yeah. Not go, and she's like, "Do you even want me to be in this movie?" And it's just like, okay, cool. I guess we're breaking the fourth wall, but it it's yeah. I guess I think she's supposed to be like the antagonist in the other move in the TV show, which. That's fine. But 
I want to spend a little bit of time talking about like Barbie's friends. So we've already mentioned Daisy. She's uh, meant to be like the more curvy girl. She's got uh, her big thing seems to be that she's into music because she like uh, like plays the guitar and she likes music and does. Also, DJ doesn't she stuff. rap at one point? Oh my God, she does rap at one point. Thank you for reminding also, me. Oh, also, I got to mention before we move on, they show like footage of like the country they're going to. And there's like, yep, a, a goat person. No, it's just a regular goat, but they're sitting yeah, but he's, upright like, on sitting a bench up. with their legs crossed. Apparently this is like a running gag or something from the series. But I, I, I got to tell you, I was really confused when this movie started <laughs> and I thought I just saw like, a random furry in the crowd <laughs> with that explanation. It really kind of... Listen, Barbie is expanding her horizon, and now she's hitting that sweep. Yeah, when are we going to get the first uh, furry Barbie movie, okay? I mean, okay, what animal would Barbie's fursona be? Uh, like, she, Barbie... she doesn't strike me as a cat girl. I mean... I don't, I don't know. She, she'd probably be just like generic wolf. Yeah, that is the vanilla version of a fursona, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other uh, the other accompanying person is Teresa. Teresa's like the sort of like tying in with the petite dolls. Like she's, uh, oh, apparently she's Latina, which, yeah, that makes sense. She's got like uh tan skin wavy brown hair uh but we don't really get much of her personality huh yeah she doesn't really like speak in this movie so like she she she's interested in like the history and architecture of florvia so maybe she's like the nerd of the group but uh yeah that's not very yeah well barbie's got a lot of friends so yeah, they, they're not really... Most of them aren't given that much to do in this movie. No. And then we got Renee, who's like the jock. She, She's the quirky one also, because she has an idea of like, oh, she wants to be a, a spy, but she's also claustrophobic. But she also skateboards, and it's... Yeah. Yep. Uh, it is very confusing if this... If this series doesn't take place in the same continuity as the other Barbie and her sisters movies, because Barbie was a spy mm. at one point, but like she doesn't have the same oh friends my God. <laughs> in this series as she did in, in like those movies. So, yeah, yeah, I think we you're... just got to assume this is like alternate timeline. Yes, yes. Call it All a right. soft reboot. Probably that's a good way to uh, describe that. And then we got Ned and Ted Johnson. They are the more stereotypical uh, nerds. Like they, they're not full on Urkel black nerds, but they are. I don't know. And the, the, there's one that's like the bigger one, and his thing is that he likes food. Yeah, and so. I guess their whole thing is that they're goofy. And I guess they're kind of clever and stuff, but like yeah. most most of the time they just struck me as like being kind of inconsiderate. 
Because they're always, like, just interrupting things. And are, like, being... Yeah, they're pretty much just, just comic reliefs. And we also got uh, everyone's favorite character, Trey. With his Jimmy Neutron-looking hair. Oh, oh, okay. I wanted to save Trey for last, but yeah. Trey Reardon. I, I assume he's a constant, like, antagonistic force in that. But he basically considers himself the king of Malibu. And, like, he's just, like, listener, basically, we're talking popped pink polo shirt, sunglasses always tucked in there, like, short shorts, like, 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 works at, at the country club over the summer because his dad uh, owns it and he gets summer credit, I guess. He's just, yeah... He's he's something else. Honestly, he's kind of like he's not the best part of this movie, but he is Speak for yourself. I thoroughly enjoyed his scenes. He's kind of like that one that one uh character was he called like Oliver or something from the Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse yes, series. Yes, he is. Although I think he's like kind of the he's full of himself. He's very vain and but he I like how they leaned more into, like, the uh, rich person that this uh, show would feel comfortable making fun of. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but... he kind of looks like that one guy from Pitch Perfect. Not the not the Ben Platt one, the other one. I, I haven't seen any of those Pitch Perfect movies, so I will take your word for it. And then, yeah. And then finally we got Ken... Oh, sweet Ken. He does nothing in this movie. Except having that plot where it's like, oh, he's got to tell Barbie something, but he can't spit it out. Yep. And, uh... Wow, I wonder what it could be. It's so subtle. And honestly, yeah, he's... He's fine. He just strikes me as that one kid that was on the football team that got roped into theater to get credit but then he ended up really loving theater and just stuck to that oh god they truly are all theater kids and honestly i feel like that's like something that definitely strikes a chord with both of us like i there's i feel like you mentioned this earlier but relatability is honestly like something that this cast has going for it like I don't know. These actually feel like high schoolers. And it actually, like, even though it's that middle school slash elementary school kid's idea of what a high schooler is, it still has that endearing quality. Like, as someone who never cared for high school musical, I know, controversial take, uh, this. I, wow. I, How dare. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much experience. It's. It's mostly just, to be honest, just me being like the only boy into musical theater when High School Musical was going on. So while I'm all thinking about like Phantom of the Opera and stuff, everyone else is like, oh, you're like Troy. And I'm like, no, that's not real musical theater. Oh, no, you you were that guy. Oh, I no. was that guy. Well, to be fair, it, it, it wasn't exactly like I... It wasn't, it was something that I did grow out of. Like, eh. 
in terms of things, High School Musical, it's not the worst thing out there. Not when Zombies is there, hey Hey, Zombies is a cinematic masterpiece. Oh, should I have insulted this. Descendants instead? Yes. Okay. Noted for next time. Uh, so, honestly, yeah, we can kind of, at this point, we can get through a lot of this plot very, very quickly. Because, honestly, the cast is the thing that most sticks out about this movie. Would you agree? Yeah. Also, we forgot to talk about Nikki. Oh, yeah, Nikki. Uh, Nikki. Again, kind of, kind of in the same vein as Teresa and Daisy. Yeah, uh, she's the one who likes fashion, and she doesn't really get to do much. Yeah, but she ties in with the dolls that like it. That she ties in with the new Barbie dolls that are actual like black girls with like actual curly black hair. So yeah, she, she's got like a like braids but they're done up in like kind of buns yeah it's a, yeah, yeah yeah and that's kind of the look for the whole movie but in the actual dolls they give her a nice afro so that's mm. it's something and she is actually the one that is most explicitly interested in fashion so there's that uh from there i guess we end up so they get this all-expense-paid trip to uh, Floridia, and they get to the airport, and they say their goodbyes, but, oh, well, we already mentioned that Barbie gets a call from, like, her Team 10 representative telling her to hit that uh, weekly video quota so you can appease the algorithm, but, uh, yeah. Listener, I gotta tell you right now, I think another thing that uh put this movie in favor for me but because as someone who also makes youtube videos there is just oh my god so many points hit home in this one even if they are rather shallow so they get to the airport mom dad and the sister say goodbye and up barbie's dog taffy starts chasing after and now all the puppies are loose in the airport yeah, it's like what this movie just really was desperately needed to pad out the runtime was some animal running around shenanigans. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh it's not thing different than what we've seen in the other puppy movies, so we can kind of skip that. Although the only thing as cuz obviously Taffy gets into Barbie's bag and then so Taffy can be with Barbie through the whole movie cuz sure. But the other big thing that I want to highlight was yeah, that... because very, very convenient. They just happened to allow Barbie to bring her dog. Oh, wherever. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but the thing that I wanted to highlight was, like, when they were boarding the plane, they were showing off Trey's password for, like, when he had acne and a mouth bracer. Which... And he was just like... Don't be rude. It was a very transitional time in my life. And full disclosure, listener, uh, I had actually watched this movie with uh, before Emma has. Uh, shout out to the other Barbie podcast out there because we have because we all had a little bit of a little watch party together. Uh, so yeah, 
shout out to put a shrimp on it. Uh, Want to make sure I got the other ones uh, the, at Barbie Movie Stan. We've got we got a lot of different Barbie movies. Anywho, uh, so shout out and I forget who it was, but they specifically uh, had a headcanon that Trey is a trans boy. And, you know, it makes sense with the whole uh, theater kids thing we're going with. Oh, yeah. And he does... I think I would vibe with Trey. I can fix him. <laughs> oh, God. Well, our, I'm just going to move on from that then. Uh, so they get on the plane, and we get into our next music sequence. Somewhere new, where they just start dancing on the plane and talk about all the cool stuff they're going to get up to while they're in this country. Although it seems like they don't really do that much. Well, I mean, I mean let's let's well. think back on the actual stuff that they did cuz there's a museum for the na the native berry of the country that they go to. There's a horse show that they go to. I wonder to. if that's like a like a Knott's Berry Farm type situation. Oh my god, it's pr probably probably and then, um, they honestly spend most they of their go, time they in the They go on those little, those little mopeds. They do cruise around in the mopeds to go shopping, getting that authentic Floravia fashion, which is exactly like the fashion that you would see in an American Eagle. Actually, no, not even that, like a Claire's. Oh, God. Like, this, the fashion choices, like, I mean, the fashion choices do seem like pretty accurate to what you would see like a young girl wear in 2020 uh, minus the face masks but uh, yeah they didn't have the hindsight their hindsight was not 2020 uh, yeah but as they arrive in the country it turns out they are staying in the palace so apparently the kids didn't know where they were staying they were just leaving that as a surprise so they yeah, show up we at the find castle. out later that like the princess had essentially like arranged for Barbie and all her friends to like come down here, which yeah, kind of surprised that the school board and everything just like took this at their word. Yeah, let's take these yep random kids into a foreign country because this uh, dignitary says so. But, you know, they probably just got like an anonymous check in the mail, being like, hey. Is your school interested in signing up for that? Here's a bunch of money. So, there's that. But, uh, they're getting a tour. But this is like, oh. yeah, this is where we get into, like, the plot plot of the movie, because yeah. the whole thing is that uh, Barbie meets up with the princess, Princess Amelia, who's hanging out in her quote-unquote secret room which isn't secret at all because it's like just a, in the hallway it's and you got because there, there's it. a door and as well as a like a special like candy dispensers on the wall yeah but essentially the whole thing is the princess is like although i got all this cool stuff i feel so much pressure to be perfect i just want to be a normie for once so we should switch Yep. Lives. Yep. That's that's the plot, listener. 
So And of course, like in cartoon logic, as soon as they switch outfits, no one seems to know the difference, even though Except They've not, known these people for not, No, honestly, I was I'm gonna push back on that because like they pretty much Hang on. That's what you would expect to have happen, but you know what? They, to their credit, like, have, like, the people, like, actually call them out, like, no, I knew that this was your actual, that you'd switch places from the moment, because they are not subtle at all. Yeah, they're not really good at hiding it. No, they really aren't. They really aren't. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They just kind of, yeah, it was one of those things where I think because we've seen this plot point so many times, it's, you kind of know the expected plot beats. I guess the most refreshing part of it was that, like, they got to that whole discovery portion, like, almost immediately. Almost like the filmmakers are like, yeah, we know that this plot point always happens in these stories, so we're just going to skip to that part as soon as possible. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, we get, like, the song where uh, the princess is singing and she's like, I just want to be free, but this isn't the same as that other song from that other princess in the popper movie where they're singing about wanting to be free. This is a different song. Yep, and not a picture-perfect girl because, uh, you know, because that's basically the one other thematic through line. Like, obviously, in a post-social media world, they it, it is inevitable that Barbie would try to tackle, like, the topic of being authentic in the face of the internet. I don't know, though. It seems like something that... I mean, they didn't handle it terribly, but it was... Uh, I don't know. It was interesting, because they got... Because something that they were specifically calling out was, like, uh, oh it's important that you actually express your be able to express your opinions and stuff like that i don't know did you have any thoughts about which is kind of ironic because like in real life don't aren't the whole royal families isn't like the british royal family's whole thing like that they can't express opinions yes. about political things yes they have to appear apolitical as possible so that when they inevitably insinuate policies that will screw over the poor, uh, people can just look at them and be like, oh, those silly royals, they don't do anything. Oh, my God. So, there's that. <sighs> yeah. But, uh, so they end up switching off, and... Basically, Princess Amelia ghosts them for, like, a majority of the movie. Yeah, she's just like, you can deal with whatever's going on over there. <laughs> Even though she's... As I go and experience real life by going to one cafe, swinging on a swing set, and giving some uh, encouragement to a random child. 
that's enough mingling with the poor for now. Yep. Yep. The, she bought ice cream and chose the flavor. She's a free I mean, spirit. I guess at least this movie doesn't have quite the same problem I had with, like, Princess and the Pop Star, where both the characters were super, like, it's so hard to have a privileged lifestyle. At least this one doesn't have as much of that. But, you know, still the implications are still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so hard to be rich and famous. People expect things of you when you're a politician. Gross. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, at day one of switching, they gotta go to a party on a yacht. And... And... Barbie, in her infinite wisdom, as she is going at, to this yacht party, pretending to the, be the princess, decided to not only wear a necklace that says Barbie on it, as she's pretending to be a different person, but also this pink skirt that has Barbie as, like, the pattern, like, all over the skirt. Yep. So. Not very subtle. So, I guess... It makes me uh, makes me think like, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess good on the movie for like, I don't know. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I guess good on the movie for making their characters not that stupid as to notice this very obvious thing. But know. it is like kind of like okay, Barbie. This is the this is the only outfit you could choose. Though it does seem like the necklace that says Barbie has some kind of uh, personal connection to her. So yeah, she kind of treats it like it's her like uh, like the thing that she needs in order to transform into her magical girl form. Yeah, it's like. Well, how will I remember my name if I do not have it here on this piece of jewelry? Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. See, now this uh, this could be the premise of a whole other movie where whoever, like, wears the necklace becomes Barbie, you know? Oh but then God. at the end, all the characters learn that the real Barbie was inside them all along. Mm. Now, you could play that in multiple ways. You could either go full on... You know, remember how we, like, pitched an Ari Aster uh, Barbie movie? That seems like the type of oh, movie yeah. that, that he would make. Where uh, a young woman yeah. would cry and she would slowly turn into a Barbie. Yeah, usually probably some horrifying uh, body horror stuff going on. Mm. Yeah, good times. So with that said, now uh, we get after the party. Oh, at the party, we do get to meet a couple of people. We see this really shady looking Secret Service people, but we're also accompanied by Alfonso. 
this prince from another kingdom because shock it turns out that for a lot blet floravia is going to be merging with uh sorry it's not alfonso it's johan johan and they're merging yeah with, i was about to say yeah they're merging with johannes johannesburg johannesstan no it's johannesstan Ooh, huh I just yeah. realized Johan. You don't think they were intending to make Johan Middle Eastern, do you? Well, in his first scene, he looked like he was like darker skinned, but in Later like ones, the other yeah. scenes, he looked he, does, he looked he white. Has, like, so I don't know. Mm, I don't know with the hmm. name. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Is this implying that like he was named after the country or the country was yeah, named after I, him? I'm worried that like we got one of those situations where it's like, oh, he's one of those Middle Eastern princes that names the country after himself because oh, he's God. rich on oil. At least he doesn't have a, a, a goofy accent, so Yep. That is true. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that that is not what they were going for. But uh Yeah. Yeah. But Barbie has a very awkward dance with him because, like, they're, like, meant to be betrothed, but she's, like, this man is giving me bad vibes. Yeah, they were meant to, like, get married. That was the whole thing. I thought thought their whole thing was that just that she was gonna, like, become the queen and then he would, like... Huh. They never really, like... yeah, he would become the king. So it was like a political marriage type thing. Ugh. Yeah. Though it's weird because, like, they build up this thing where, like, a, I guess this was a thing that has been going on their whole lives because Johan mentions, like, remember that thing you said when we were kids about what you would do when you would rule? And, like, you get the impression that there's more of it. There's this history there, but we just never get to see it. Yeah, we never learn what the thing is that she said. So maybe, like, maybe Princess Amelia has some, like, secret darkness to her, too. Oh, like, oh no doubt. No like, it's doubt. treated as as a good ending that she's, like, in charge. But, like, what if, like, as soon as, like, they leave, she's like, okay. Now we will invade uh, Johannistan and, you know... Star now we're War. going to subject all of Johannistan's oil fields and they shall be ours and uh and then any of those workers there they will be out of a job now. So Oh god. Yeah. That's that's perhaps but yeah, after they get back from the party, Alfonso immediately chews out Barbie because it's very clear like yeah, Barb, you're wearing a necklace with your name on it. It's very clear that you are not the princess. Even though you look exactly the same. And he was able to figure out what is going on and was able to remove the photo from the press pool, implying that Alfonso has control over the press. So that's neat no free press in floravia i guess yeah so the government the royal government controls the media and the queen just has complete control of everything so oh my god no it is basically just propaganda yeah oh my god 
Amelia is basically a dictator. Like she's like, like supreme leader type thing where like she always has to be seen as perfect for the citizenry. She randomly kidnaps children. Oh, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get. <laughs> but yeah, because uh, Barbie doesn't know where Amelia is, presumably just like in a hotel somewhere. Maybe I don't. I don't know. We never get to see. Alfonso says that you have to, like, keep the ruse up until they find the princess, which you would think would lead to more shenanigans and stuff. But honestly, it just kind of, like, all that happens is that Barbie performs in a special, like, horse show with uh, Amelia's special horse named Morningstar and then attend, uh, like, some practice stuff and, like, do interviews with the press. So, which... Yeah. Honestly, being a princess seems kind of easy in this universe. I think, you know... Yeah, they like to paint it as, like, this very difficult thing, but honestly, like, with the lack of, like, visible political power that they are discussing here, it's... Yeah, because Floravia doesn't seem to be having, like, any problems or anything that would need to be addressed, so it's like, well... Okay. Also... This is just a petty gripe. It's not the biggest deal, but the fact that, like, they say that this takes place in the Mediterranean and they didn't use any Mediterranean architecture. Like, Emma, we could have gotten, like, a Barbie Mamma Mia on our hands. Yeah, like, all the architecture here is just, like, it's like that Barbie 2010s movie aesthetic where everything has this, like, neon pastel, like... Pinks and yellows, you know. It's definitely, yeah. I know, just looked kind of generic Barbie to me, like the design of the place that they're in. It really did. A little bit of a missed opportunity, Uh, but basically, they do the horse show. I don't know if you had any thoughts about the horse show aside from the fact that like Barbie and the horse do a flip and like do the running uh, man. It was uh, definitely not a thing you should try at home, kids. No, definitely not. And then afterwards, they were talk. Barbie's scheduled to go to like all these different places, including a photo shoot, a royal orphanage tour a dress fitting and your meeting at the historical society and prom is tomorrow <laughs> uh, yeah and then barbie complains that like amelia doesn't get enough credit for managing her busy schedule and that she should be listened to more which i mean i guess yeah she's a monarch but at the same time we based on her decisions and based on the fact that we don't like what does she do what does Amelia do? She goes out, she eats ice cream, she sings about what a free spirit she is, and... She like, walks around the palace we, halls and makes rainbows appear from her hands. Yeah, she wants to be a vlogger. And that's it. I always was told I was destined to be a princess, but all I really wanted to be was an e-girl. <laughs> oh, God. Cursed cursed that statement is but yeah (laughs) basically (sighs) he ends up barbie and alfonso go meet the press and there's this little girl there 
And Barbie just steals this little girl to have, like, a whimsical music number with her. Yeah, her parents, like, aren't around, so no, she's just there. She's just there. And we get the song Life in Color, which is probably, like, I mean, it is with her just doing, like, rainbows from her hands. And just a rainbow landscape. So there's there's that. And, like, a big thing they're trying to emphasize is that, like, oh, you don't need a phone to make memories. And it brings up this weird, like, conflict with its themes. Because on one hand, it's, like, uh, it's encouraging kids to not be so reliant on their phones and social media in order to make memories. But also, they have Barbie very much ingrained in social media. So... So it's good to be on social media if you're authentic, but you're not authentic if you're on your phone. But unless you're making... So, uh... This movie's theming is a little confused. Yeah. It is very much, like, how a lot of these movies really want to, like, uh, pander to sort of, like, TikTok kids, but they're <laughs> also gotta be, like, uh, social media bad. You know, it's it very much reeks of Mattel trying to stay hip to the youth while also not. Oh, yeah. Wanting to like. Did we mention did we mention the flossing boy in one scene? Uh, OK, so at one point, yeah, Barbie calls Rose her MCN manager and she's like, there's a kid that's flossing in the background, which Rose presses a trapdoor and yeets him out of there so yeah and apparently in order to get onto one of the big channels to get all those subscribers which that's not how that works because you know what happens when you try to manufacture a youtube success you get ben shapiro's sister's youtube channel oh god have you heard of this? Have I heard of it? I've been bombarded with the paid ad <laughs> on YouTube. Oh. Literally. Every day her her eyes <laughs> stare into my soul as I'm just trying to go about my day. I Telling cannot you why escape it's good to be modest. Cla <laughs> classical Abby. She's like she's just in my dream, just being like, make sure to cover up, you whore. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, that is what you get when you get something that's just so nakedly manufactured, Mattel. Like, that's, like, I mean, and I guess, yeah, that's why it's good to be like, yeah, I don't know. So that's why you should not, you should be authentic and not try to manufacture your success. But at the same time, Barbie is very much manufacturing her success by this plot. But it's, anyhow, yeah. Uh, yeah, so with that in mind, um, we this leads to Barbie. Uh, she has to do like something big in order to like make it with the YouTubes, and uh, she decides to arrange an interview with the princess. Which you know what? Actually, good start. You know that's the type of like fluff piece that like absolutely kills on that platform 
Um, it it kind of reminds me when like all those different YouTubers interviewed President Obama. That was a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like, um, like John and Hank Green and like a couple of other people. There were some legit questions, and it, I I actually I don't think it's as bad as it could have been. They she does this interview vlog thing with Amelia, but oh no. The network is edited it, so it's all manufactured and fake, man. Which, credit to this movie. This is definitely the most YouTube-accurate thing I've seen. Like, and not in the fact in what, uh, it's not accurate in the sense that this is what you would see on, like, well, you would see it on a couple of YouTube channels, but this more feels like what a, like, big marketing firm would do in order to try and go viral on youtube because they like they put like a potato filter over barbie's face they try to do the oh so random but they make it so that amelia uh, they basically pulled an i think coolsville sucks thing welcome to five minute crafts today we will be showing you how you can make a molotov cocktail at home five minutes you can whip one of those babies up like way quicker but okay i mean if you want you speaking from experience henry so uh with that said <laughs> the uh it's the day before coronation and uh barbie has to like do a little coronation practice thing with johan talking about how like their kingdoms are going to merge and then meanwhile We get what, dare I might say, the best thing in this movie to happen. Oh, yeah. So. Don't you love those parts in kids' movies where the plot just stops to get, like, a very irrelevant song, but it kind of ends up being the most entertaining part of the movie? Yeah, so Trey starts thinking about how, like, ooh, I'm going to try and get with the princess so that I could be king. And it gets to, like, a whole thing where... Trey and oh what are the twins names I cannot remember huh god those twins don't do anything at all like at least Trey is like entertaining but those guys they just huh but yeah they, it's like a whole thing where like Barbie not Barbie where cat like all the boys do like do like their uh, i guess quote unquote sexy dance uh like this seems like the type of song that they would put in to like make the eight-year-old girls be like "Ooh, ken so hot even though they're like eight and don't understand what it actually means i don't know i might be reading way too much into like the way people pander to I children so mm. I feel like this one is more just like, hey, look at Ken. He's like the nice one, but Trey is the conceited one who just wants to make things about himself. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. But credit to the song, this actually leads to like, honestly, like one of the better executed twists in any of these Barbie movies. Because after Barbie leaves from her little practice section, Johan's hang hanging back and is playing with the crown and sings that same song if i could be king of the kingdom and it's just like 
and you take this really silly song and it's just suddenly like, oh, shoot, it's a villain song. Yeah, we got a dark reprise on this one. Yeah, but like yeah, surprise Prince Hans twist. Yeah, Johan is a bad guy. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I guess yeah, credit to that. I mean, you said so, you said that you were surprised that Alfonso didn't turn out to be a villain. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, kind of part way through the movie where they were ch- kind of essentially making him Amelia's dad. I was like, oh, he's probably not. Seems to be less of the emphasis. Like in here, the the role switching thing seems to be not quite as much as the focus as it is on the previous. Definitely, of this kind of story. It honestly just feels more like an avenue so that shenanigans can happen. Because later on, uh, they have Barbie and her friends have a slumber party, but. And Amelia's walking out amongst the street when suddenly one of Johan's bodyguards just snatches her in a giant burlap sack. <laughs> just like a comic. So we, so we just gotta believe this guard is just like holding this like lady in a sack walking out in the middle of in the, the street in broad daylight. Like daylight and no one and no one says Absolutely anything. No one just be like, oh hey, why is your back screaming? You can just be like, oh yeah, the potatoes are real ripe this year. The potatoes were rather feisty this morning. <laughs> so like, yeah, but unfortunate. We mentioned, by the way, the princess has a bunny. Its name is Snowy. It's the reason why uh, both Barbie and the princess met in the first place. So there's that. The, the bunny runs back to the palace and alerts uh, Barbie that the princess has been kidnapped by using a secret entrance into the room. In a wardrobe. Good thing no one, like, checked for clothes yeah, in there. Yeah. So they decide that uh, without actually delving into, like, an actual rescue plan or anything like that, they... They have the plan pre-made where uh, Renee and Nikki, I believe. No, 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 no. It's Renee and uh, who has the pink hair? Shoot. Daisy. Uh, Yeah. Daisy. Uh, Renee uh, and Daisy, they're going to search the streets with the mopeds. And then uh, Nikki and Teresa, they're going to try and run cover, I guess. they It's its really... The plan for this thing is very unclear. And then... Especially since seemingly Ken is also in on the plane, even though he doesn't do anything and he thinks to himself, I gotta do something. And he never does anything. So... He he lets the puppy do yeah, all the work. Yeah, come on, Ken. Like, you have a long line of Kenbos that you gotta step up to. Like, you gotta, like, you know, you gotta you gotta commit to it. Yeah. I feel like ever since since Fashion Fairy Tale and uh Fairy Secret, you know, we never really reach quite Kenbo levels of those films. Ain't that a shame? Well, I mean, we got life in the dream house, kind of. 
Oh, that is true. But everyone is kind of a kinbo in that true, one, though. True, true. But instead, what ends up happening is that uh, Barbie ends up finding out that, uh, oh, well, because Johan just does that villain thing where he explains the whole plan. And, and he says, like, oh, the princess is far off. Let's see. And she says, oh, so he's she's on your yacht. And he's like, oh, clever. So she manages to easily run away. And the guards are way too busy capturing trey and the twins for some reason and every character in this movie is easily immobilized with a simple arm lock yeah it's doesn't even got to be both their arms the weirdest thing is, is that trey and the twins interlock their own arms and it's and it's like guys you could just like unclasp it's like there's three of you and there's only two of them you could easily like at least get one of those guys out like come on guy trey come on i know you're all a bunch of dorky theater kids oh i just realized the twins are the tech kids oh yeah yeah Yeah. and then trey is like the one who's been doing musical theater all his life uh but then his voice changed and now he can't like and get as good a roles as he wants all the while ken upstages him oh yeah he used to get all like the little boy <laughs> roles like he was the kid in music man yep. and like oh, yeah. oliver oh, yeah. but now it's like opportunities He's are trying just gone. to recapture that glory ain't it a shame so with that said um barbie ends up getting captured and taken to the boat and she and Amelia have like a heart to heart saying that Amelia's learned some lesson about how like, oh, I realize how much importance and power that I have and I need to use it responsibly. And it's like, you didn't know this already? Because. Because. Mm. Oh, yeah. rich people slash royal <sighs> people. Yeah. So. With that in mind, uh, Alfonso. Uh, also ends up getting captured in this coronation just in the middle of the ceremony with like bystanders there Johan's just like oh the princess is gone and they just drag him off yep and then afterwards shenanigans happen on the boat where Barbie and Amelia escape and then in the nick of time um, Teresa and Nikki have a speedboat because what happened was Barbie rode uh, Morningstar to the boat and she gave Morningstar her necklace in order to alert where they were as if the horse is going to be able to tell them that, hey, they're at the boat, but okay. Yeah, she well, it would have been one thing if she was like, here, show them where I've gone. But no, she was like, yeah. tell them. Yeah. Like specifically, like, what's the horse going to do? <laughs> I'll tell you what the horse is going to do. Also, I I never liked the implications in these movies that like animals have like human-like intelligence. Mm, definitely. But uh, Barbie, and I think this is where the movie kind of gets a little bit weird because the animation just kind of makes them seem like there's no impact to anything that they do. Like they jump from the, like a, the boat, the yacht, onto the rowboat and it, they treat it like it's nothing and it's one of those 
I don't know. It felt like if they had more impactful animations, it could have been like, you know, increased the sense of danger. But I guess that's not what they were going for with this. But yeah, I but guess so. They got, they got access to a boat and they're riding it off. But uh, Emma, you want to share why they have access to a boat? <laughs> Uh, Do you remember? I don't know what you're getting at. N Nikki says that, oh, it's a Nordfloravian tradition called rideshare, but now we owe him a goat, and there's a shepherd there with the goat. Oh, yeah, they just got they just, they got, just a got a goat man with this them goat on the boat. For some reason. So... And then from here, we can kind of breeze through this. There's a little kind of underwhelming boat chase followed up by an underwhelming moped chase. And then Barbie and Amelia ride up with uh, Morningstar into the ceremony. And then she barges in and Johan's like, oh, she's an imposter. And Barbie's like, yeah, but she isn't. And then Amelia enters in dramatically and she claims the crown. And... Johan tries to make the argument that, like, she showed up late for her coronation and she's not properly dressed. She isn't fit to be a queen. And I'd be inclined to agree with you. But the movie, I, I mean, I also think that, like, just as a general thing, this place shouldn't have a king or queen. But, like, then Barbie says, like, yeah, she is not a perfect queen, but she's a real one, man. She's hashtag authentic. Yeah, she likes to eat ice cream. Oh, so She's relatable. just like you. She has pop rocks in her purse. God. Remember when we, like, Americans collectively lost their shit over Jennifer Lo Lawrence? <sighs> yeah. Uh -huh. She tripped at the Oscars and she likes to eat pizza. Wow, what a real authentic lady. I'm gonna. It's totally fine that she desecrated those indigenous monuments in. It, I think it was Hawaii. I need to double check. Oh man, I never oh, heard yeah. that story. No, she was hiking in. Um, I'm fairly certain it was Hawaii. I'm going to need to fact check this now. Uh, but yeah. Remember when Ariana Grande licked a donut? And then everyone thought it was a, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I bet she. Oh, celebrities. Bet, They're just like us. I bet she longs for the day uh, when that was the most controversial thing about her. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, yeah, with that, um, there's a... There's another crown... Crowning sequence where... Um, yeah... Basically, 
what what I'm trying to think like Uh, so after teenage girl becomes supreme ruler of Hallland, yeah. and we just gotta be okay with it now. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, okay, I found this. So, uh, she, uh, the controversy was that she, uh, Found a sacred rock in Hawaii. Wait a minute. I might know what rock this is. Oh my god. She told a humorous anecdote about when they were filming in Hawaii. About how she had to scratch her butt on it on one of those rocks because the wetsuit in the Hunger Games was so itchy. And it turned out that that rock was like sacred to the indigenous people. So, oh no, hashtag relatable. Who hasn't desecrated the sacred land of a traditionally marginalized group? Did she know that no. it was a sacred rock? She said she claims that she meant no disrespect mm. when she said that, which I guess I'm, I'm willing no. to believe that, but also like seriously, no site coordinators, like had that in mind because that's that's something that you you that's what like location directors are for anyway so now uh this is where we get to like the final prom scene where like a mashup of the i want to be me not picture perfect girl and the try it on song are like mashed up in a final song and it's I know. I really do appreciate this movie for uh, keeping alive the tradition of animated movies having dance party endings, you know. Yeah. After a Shrek that made that such a big, important part of, you know, the, the world. Uh, yeah. Mm. But I, sometimes I think about, yeah, as much as I have some I don't know I think it's pretty not a super controversial take to say that Shrek 2 is better than the first Shrek right yeah but yeah. like oh my god there's so much about those movies where it's just like wow disrespecting zombies and disrespecting Shrek what can I say I'm a man of many facets Yep. So now, uh, that's about the movie. Yeah. Did I did I forget anything? I think we covered everything. Yeah. Alrighty I think then. You got it all. So, uh, yeah, Emma. Any final thoughts with this? Not really. I mean, there isn't really anything too like super like spectacular about this movie to really distinguish it from like a bunch of these other like modern royalty type Barbie stories, but I found it pretty uh, inoffensive for what it was and decently entertaining. Yeah. So, you know, 
I guess my bar for these movies is pretty low at this <laughs> point. So I'd say this one is passably mediocre. Yeah, I would say, honestly, this is definitely a nice upper C-tier movie. I, yeah, well, like I said, if, you, if you've if you seen all the other Barbie movies, you can definitely do worse than this one. Uh, but yeah, uh, Emma, what, what rating do you give this one? I give this one uh, two and a half um, Barbie necklaces that turn you into Barbie out of five. Okay, then. Uh, So it's Barbie, Barbie, Bart, then? Because two and a half. Okay, uh, uh-huh. I give this movie a. I give this movie a goat out of ten. They. They are aesthetically pleasing. They provide. Uh, some enjoyable spectacles. And. They. it's they're very random especially in this movie and i feel like that's a pretty good uh yeah i feel like that covers that so uh yeah so thanks for listening to the pink owl y'all uh we uh so we are currently recording this thing on september 19th my goal is to try and get this puppy out uh by uh this friday the 25th so we'll see with that uh but for the time being hey thank you very much for uh listening to us we hope you guys enjoyed us and all the stuff that we've done uh but hey if you enjoy more of the stuff that we do and you want to be up to date feel free to tweet at us at pink owl pod on twitter uh be sure to uh give us a rating of choice on your podcast platform of choice and if this is your very first time listening to this uh welcome we hope you enjoyed listening all the way through and then uh yeah we hope you enjoyed yourself but emma you do writing and you have a twitter yes occasionally yes yeah yeah that is uh, yeah it is unfortunate twitter being a thing but if people wanted to follow you on that hell site where would they go hmm. i don't know i can't quite remember anymore you can follow her at emma cory nine <laughs> emma i i don't want to pull a rose on you but like you gotta get your brand oh no i hate branding well, I mean, you've already kind of hit some of the brand where you're, uh, you seem to be, I don't know. Every podcast seems to have a more upbeat one and a cynical one. We kind of jump between the two of them, depending on the week. That is true. I don't know. You, you, you go on the tangent. Well, we both go on tangents, so I can't, I can't say which one of us is the zany one. 
We gotta create our brand. <laughs> well, we gotta be marketable. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel pretty marketable because if you enjoy the work that I done do on the internet listener, you can follow me at on Twitter at Catherine's uh, at Catherine Henry, or you can follow my Tumblr portfolio page with all my stuff in one place, henrycathman.tumblr.com, and uh, subscribe to your YouTube channel, which, uh, yeah, Emma, by the way, this that thing's been p- picking up a lot of steam lately. Uh, I'll, I'll need to tell you about that later. But uh, And then Ooh, finally, awesome. uh, yeah, and if you enjoy all the other stuff, including this podcast and all the other stuff, consider chucking a dollar a month on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Henry Kathman. But, uh, yeah, I think, Emma, it's time we go try on this ending. Uh, eh? I eh? don't know. Barbie movies, Barbie movies. We've seen so many. Barbie movies, Barbie movies. We have had plenty Barbie movies, Barbie movies, we're finally done. Barbie movies, Barbie movies, I'm ready to go home now. All right, goodbye.